Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are. Thank you for listening. This is where I come to share things that God has shown me that he really loves me and he wants a relationship. And I wanted to share this with you because he loves you too. And he wants you to know the same things that he's taught me. I will share stories, testimonies, his miracles, signs, and wonders. Sometimes I will share wisdom, scripture, visions that he's given me. Maybe some music to uplift you for the day. If you're here, I pray that you are willing to take this journey with me. Everything I share comes from a place of compassion, love, and really want to encourage you. God is so faithful, and I just want you to know that he's no respecter of persons. He wants these blessings and miracles for you, too. Enjoy. Share with a friend. Let's all do this journey to victory together. Amen? All right, let's go. Are you ready for the next episode? All right, let's get into it. Hey, friends. We need to trust God's ways. We need humility, but also be obedient. Because we could think that we're helping God out, going in front of him, and we may make a bigger mess. Or we may interfere what God is trying to do. And we don't want to do that either. If God is calling us to help somebody or to help a city, like Jonah running to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah was actually angry with God. And we have to be very careful about being angry with God. God understands our emotions and why we feel the way we feel. but. He is still God. He is still sovereign, almighty. He is righteousness. So he may give us time to get it right. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. He gave Pharaoh nine chances to turn, to make a new choice, to change his boundaries. But Pharaoh was selfish, and he had a lot of pride. His pride was his downfall. I'm going to say this with as much compassion and love as I possibly can, and with as much wisdom and humility as I possibly can as well. Are there people, are there situations in our lives that we need to create boundaries for? I believe with God's help, yes, we do. I believe some have boundary issues and they don't have healthy boundaries for themselves or for people around them. And I believe love is setting up that boundary. Just because it is written that we are to love thy neighbor as we love ourselves. And love covers a multitude of sins, just like in 1 Peter 
four, eight. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Proverbs twenty-five seventeen says, Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and they will hate you. If we turn to Galatians 5, 22 through 26, that is where the fruit of the Spirit is. It says 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 23, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So you just heard that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. In biblically speaking, boundaries are related to self-control. We have to control ourselves where Titus 2.12 says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives to this present age. I caution around the word boundaries because you can use them in healthy and sinful ways. That's why we need God's word to understand I've heard this, you know, if this person doesn't serve you or if they don't see your worth or they're toxic, you need to, like, leave them alone and walk away. Um, I want to caution you around that. God may do the separating. Holy Spirit may say for a season to separate, but we have to be careful about our heart and heart at the same time. Because the Holy Spirit could say, right now, I don't want you dealing with this person because I'm working on this person. Just pray for them, intercede for them, let me do the work. But then he might bring you back in and say, okay, brother, okay, sister, you need to work on something together now. I need you guys to, to be interdependent. I need you to pray for each other, stand in the gap together. You both have concerns and dreams and goals and I want you both to work together now learn each other have compassion on each other I get all the glory because the people around you probably have seen the turmoil seen the arguments seen the discord now I need people to see how you get along and I'm just getting a different revelation as I am speaking right now we have to be careful of cliques. We have to be careful of saying we have our tribe, our circle, because we can close off people that the Holy Spirit wants us to minister to. I think that's where we have to stay open in our hearts, not lean on our own understanding, trust, get in His presence so He can download the strategies so know now we are equipped to deal with the person who is hurt. And we understand it's not personal. If a person is allowed the forces of darkness in their lives, 
Just like the word says, we are not fighting a battle against flesh and blood. It's against principalities. Principalities. Do we understand the forces of darkness are not just one thing? It's not just the devil. There are a third of the fallen angels went with Lucifer when they fell from heaven. Then you have demons and spirits. He has a camp. How do I say this? We don't give reverence to Satan and his fallen angels. We don't. Reverence is only for God. But if we think that there's something to sneeze at, then we have no clue what we're up against. But that's why we are God's soldiers. That's why we speak the word out loud, because faith comes by hearing. That is why knowing biblical truths, God's promises. That's why I bring scripture to back up the things that I say, because this is what God has brought to me, and I'm the willing vessel, and I'm his mouthpiece. We have to understand we each take responsibility of our own lives. God gives us freedom to choose. Freedom to choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior or not. Is Jesus our foundation? Is he the center of our lives? Freedom to choose. Are we going to live a life that serves him, follows him? That is a boundary, right? Because now we're saying if we are Christians and this is our foundation, then I can't stand on the sand over there that's going to collapse. I can't stand on that. I can't rally with the world. I can't get behind what the world is saying. That is a boundary. I have made a decision to stand on God's word, on God's promises. I'm not going to be pushed off or shaken. I've gone too far. I've been through too much to turn back now. Jesus has wrecked me. I cannot turn back. I want to be Christ-like. I don't want to embrace the world's way of doing things. James 4.4, 4, you adulterous people, you do not know that friendship with the world is the en enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I do not want to be an enemy of God. As a parent, we need boundaries. It says in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. We've gotten way too much into our feelings. So many times people think boundaries are mean. People think if you want boundaries that you don't care about them or you're being standoffish or you're, you're secretive or you're not telling them everything that's going on in your life. And I think that's because at some point people had unhealthy boundaries and they didn't understand what is the things that you share and what are the things you don't share? What are the things that you do and what are the things you don't do? You know, we don't want to provoke. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
discipline your son for there is hope do not set your heart on putting him to death that's in proverbs 19:18 this is heart check time a person with healthy boundaries understands sometimes you make sacrifices for people when it's appropriate but never in a destructive manner we should be available for people who are in crisis but not to indulge demands. Being gracious doesn't mean being a doormat, and it doesn't mean that someone else has carte blanche to just do whatever they want to do to you. I think we have to understand what's the motive. Are we being selfish? Are we afraid of rejection? Are we afraid of hurting that person's feelings or that if we don't do what they want us to, that they'll leave and that we're left alone. And maybe perhaps that's what the Holy Spirit wants. Let's look at it this way. If you have two brothers and they're both disciples, they're both walking with Christ, they both know the Bible. They could be in a similar walk, even. If one brother knows he needs to love his neighbor just as he loves himself, so does the other brother. So often we want to go to male and female, brother and sister. I mean, that could work too. However the relationship, whatever the relationship is, if one is working on self-control the other should be working on self-control if one is working on love thy neighbor the other one should be working on love thy neighbor there should be some sort of give and take for a lack of better way of saying it now i'm not saying that can't happen for a season maybe in some circumstances it may feel that way maybe somebody is bedridden and needs more help in that season but that doesn't mean the other person can't receive um, blessing or reward out of doing that. They may feel drained. They may feel like they're sacrificing more. However, if we think about this, it takes a willingness to receive help, humility to receive help, to say, okay, you see my situation, and I could sit here by myself, and I could struggle in silence. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. Let's just put that out there, right? Because even if you're not bedridden, we could be going through something and we're afraid to ask for help. I was only using that because it seems uneven, right? But we don't know what the person is dealing with internally. Maybe it's a physical sacrifice on one part, but maybe it's an emotional sacrifice on the other. So one is feeding, bathing, changing, transferring this person or patient or loved one, if they're, you know, taking care of a loved one. They're taking on all these physical daily activities to help that person. On the flip, in that time that they spend together, there's prayer, there's encouragement, there's love, 
there's support, there's, we don't always understand how the interdependency is going to work. We don't understand how God can sometimes, in the unlikely places, match us up. I'll go back to the Uber driver. I had no idea. In that particular car ride, I was going to be encouraged to try a podcast again. Now, up front, it looks like I'm the one who's paying and I'm the one who's supporting the Uber driver. But he turned around and gave me something that encouraged me, that spoke to me, that blessed me. We don't see it all at once. We don't see the whole picture sometimes, the bigger picture, right? That's where we need the Holy Spirit to help lead, guide, and direct us, to help us with wisdom, to help us with balance. We don't want to be selfish, but we also need to know God's timing. God may very well say, yes, I want you to help this person because they asked you for help. But there might be a delay. Not yet. I'm still doing something that you can't see yet on you or on that person or both of you at the same time. I mean, there's so many, I like to say it's like an onion. There's so many layers. That's why it's so important to read God's word, to understand his character, to understand how he expects us to operate. He understands where we are. He understands what we've been through. He understands what our current situation is. He understands how we were raised and what kind of influence that we had upon us. You know, he knows our goals, our dreams. Trusting the Lord is so important. Leaning on his understanding and not ours. Waiting for his love and wisdom. Waiting for his timing. It's funny. God can definitely use the fool to confound the wise. For many years, people would ask me, Leah, what are you doing? I may have had a few things where I had going for myself in the past. And when I started having children and I was not married, it confused a lot of people. They didn't understand why I kept going. After one, they were scratching their heads. I lacked self-control for one. I was trying to nail down relationships. I was, and I didn't know how to say no. I had no boundaries. And there became a point in my life where it felt like it didn't matter if I said no anymore. Like I was already damaged goods. And I am so glad that God loves us the way he does, the, the patience that he has. When I'm frustrated with something that is not happening fast enough, I try to remind myself that God was slow to anger, impatient with me when I was doing things that hurt him, when I was choosing destructive choices, when I had no boundaries and no self-control. It's getting easier to say, because it's not who I am anymore. My choices in the past do not define me. 
God defines me as his daughter, his chosen, his beloved. I was wonderfully and fearfully made in his image. I am the head and not the tail. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am a co-heir of Christ. I have the Holy Spirit. Jesus abides in me and I in him. Jesus died for all my sins. That's who I am. I am daughter. I know I'm not alone when I say I love this story in Luke 8, 43-48. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, and I know that power has gone out from me. I love this part. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Some of you might have missed it. You might have missed it, so I want to go back. In 43, she was a woman with the subject of bleeding for 12 years. And in some versions, it says the woman with the issue of blood. She was the woman with the issue of blood. And by 48, she is now daughter. Her identity changed when her faith healed her. She went from the woman with the issue of blood to daughter. Your identity could change like that. Just like that. You could be a woman or a man with an issue of anything and be son or daughter. If you believe she was able to go in peace. Hallelujah, somebody. She's not the only one in the Bible who had a change in identity. We can go back to Abraham and Sarah, who was Abram and Sarai first. They had their names changed. Then we can talk about Saul turning into Paul. We're going to go back to that. We're going to go back to that because that's huge. I love that story too. Some changes may take a little longer. In Daniel 2, 21, he changes times and seasons, and he disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. But the one thing we can count on is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It says it in Hebrews 13, 8. He doesn't change. James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God doesn't do the changing. Jesus doesn't change. Holy Spirit doesn't change. We're the ones that need the change. Romans 6, 4. We were buried Therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. 
You may love this one already, Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And also 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So there's your new identity. There's a new identity there. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Are we seeing a pattern here? Are we seeing boundaries? God is showing us boundaries all the time. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. He doesn't change. His word doesn't return to him void. We're the ones that need to change. We're the ones that need to repent. We're the ones that need to um, ask for forgiveness. We're the ones that need salvation. We need God for his provision, his protection. We need each other. These are all boundaries he set in place. God has principles. He has protocols. He has divine order for his kingdom. But I want you to think about your identity. Do you want it to change? Has it already changed? Boundaries. So it's about boundaries, it's about identity, it's about knowing who we are in Christ, it's about knowing our worth, it's about what we respond to. God's way, that we can thrive, have healthy relationships, and when I say healthy, full of the fruits of the Spirit, that we are beacons of light for others that are watching us, and finally come to realize there is a better way to operate. There is a better way to have fellowship and relationship. There is a better way to handle problems, come up with solutions, communicate, build. We can transform these cities. I believe that's the heart of the Lord, that he wants to dwell with us. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I pray that you return and listen to more episodes. Share with your friends and loved ones that you think would benefit from this episode. If you have any prayer requests, if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions, please reach out to prudentpeers at gmail.com. You know how I do. I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all. Until we meet again, deuces.